All right. Well, welcome to another episode of the Texas Tech edition of the Heartland College Sports Podcast Network. I'm your host, Jackson Moody. This is going to be a fun episode. This is going to be a really fun episode. You know why? Because we just beat Texas 37-34 in overtime. First time we beat them in Lubbock since 2008. Um, And it may be their last time playing in Lubbock for quite some time. I'd say it probably is and possibly forever. And you know what? If it is their last time forever, then sayonara. Go back to Austin. Hold your L on your way out. We don't need it back here. Anyways, one Texas Tech fan did something incredibly stupid at the end of the game. I'll speak on that. Um, But a lot of UT pages, and one in particular, has been calling us classless, saying this is indicative of our whole fan base. I'm going to defend the Tech fan base on this one because I went and did some digging. I saw some very, very questionable stuff in their own history that they've said. So I'll do some digging. Texas Tech basketball began fall semester practice today. We'll talk about that a bit. Then at the end, a little bit of a preview of Kansas State. Why is this game at 11 a.m.? Home team gets to pick when it's on ESPN+. I know why Kansas State wants to play this game at 11 a.m., so I'll get to that at the end, uh, but here we go. All right, so here we go with the game against Texas. I will say this atmosphere was incredible. I've been to 30 games, 30 Tech games, 25 of them at the Jones. This was my favorite I've been to by far. Uh, start badly. First drive touchdown from Texas, four plays. Um, they came out in kind of a weird formation on that fourth play that scored the touchdown, confused the Tech defense. Anyways, this first offensive drive, this was huge. Donovan Smith finds Xavier White on fourth and seven. Just an incredible catch by this guy. I mean, the awareness, because he caught this right at the sticks. The awareness it takes to know where the sticks are, know where the sideline is, make the grab, keep a, keep your single foot inbounds was incredible. And then Smith, again, on fourth down, on fourth and goal, just barrels through that defensive line. If you think I'm going to talk about fourth down a lot, uh, there's going to be six more of them. <laughs> yeah. So uh, Smith barrels through, just outworks them. Bradford gets a sack, forces the field goal the next one. Um, Taj Brooks just absolutely takes over this next drive. So UT jumps off sides on third and 26. Smith looks smart, sees a free play, throws it to Brooks deep. He draws a pass interference, first down Texas Tech. Then an 11-yard run by him on first down later in the drive. Uh, Karen defenders with him. He was hit like one yard from the line of scrimmage, fought to get 11 yards, and then scores the touchdown after that. Then you think the momentum's turning. Reggie Pearson gets the pick. I'm in, I'm in the crowd. I think, it's, I think it's going Tech's way. I think we're going to score. We've been moving the ball well. Not quite. We stole out. We went through that bad offensive spell, and Texas – took advantage uh it was a second and 19 and we allowed them to convert and that's the point where i'm in the i'm in the crowd just thinking man is texas making the winning plays and we're not because there are certain plays you need to make and i'll tell you what that one may have been a winning play that we could have made but we we came through with a lot of winning plays are of our own i'll get through get to after that anyways breakdown on zone coverage Xavier Worthy catches the touchdown pass. It's automatically 17-14. Momentum's gone. Bijan gets a touchdown. It's halftime, 24-14. Not looking good. Felt kind of depressed at halftime. I'm not going to lie. Then the only – I have two criticisms of the coaching staff today. 
the first one is that fourth down right out out of the break. But I'll tell you what, for all that criticism, the defense saw something. They made adjustments at halftime. The coaching staff felt good, said, you know what, if we have to rely on our defense here, so be it. We relied on our defense because we didn't pick up that fourth down. They got their own fourth and out. Next drive, Brady Boyd, fourth and four, converts. He's just fighting through defenders on that play. And fighting through defenders, I mean, you can tell there's a toughness in this team. There's a real toughness in this team. And it was shown nonstop. And then Cooper Cup, right after that, gets a big catch for a first down, takes a huge hit, holds on to the ball. Tech has to settle for a field goal. It's 24-17. Bijan goes down, breaks his 40-yard touchdown run, 31-17. At that point, it's not looking great, but still, you know what? Our defense allowed one bad drive. That was really our only bad drive. We had one breakdown on Worthy, didn't catch kind of a tricky formation, but that was the only one that I faulted that. Ah, we got gashed there. Um, And then... Cup with a big play to start the next drive, then Duran. Then on fourth and one, Donovan Smith gets hit at the line of scrimmage by somebody who definitely weighs more than him. I know Donovan Smith's a big dude, but this guy definitely weighs more than him. Stays up, fights, gets the first down on the second effort, and then throws a pass to Mason Tharp. It was Mason Tharp's only catch of the game. And I'll tell you what, it was a huge one. This ball... It looks like it may have been a bad throw by Smith on first glance, but it was thrown a bit behind him. He reaches back, makes like a 360. What he does is basically he stops the ball in the middle of the air, grabs it, goes down at the one-yard line. Now, I think this was actually a good throw by Smith. I think he saw Tharp, saw the defender closing from the inside, and said, you know what, I can't. this is going to be risky. This could be picked off, and throws it behind him where only his guy can get it. It's only second down on that play, I believe. It may have been first. I know it wasn't a third or fourth. But Mason Tharp, just a massive, massive play from him. Sets up the Sir Roderick Thompson touchdown. My God, does that guy love to run against Texas. Holy cow. So 31-24, get the ball back. Defense bows up. Again, a great second half from our defense when they were playing their defense. They allowed seven points when they weren't... playing the prevent defense. Um, I know they let some stuff up there at the end. Uh, I'll get to that. But Trey Cleveland, his only catch of the game, Texas jumps off sides again in double coverage, mosses two Texas defenders who, look, I'm willing to bet money. Both of those Texas defenders were higher rated coming out of high school than Trey Cleveland. Trey Cleveland's only catch of the game, mosses two of them. Sets us up um, deep, into, deep into Texas territory. We turn the ball over on fourth down. It was our second time not converting on fourth down. And I'll tell you what. I really like this one. This was fourth and goal from the two-yard line. I like the idea of going for it on fourth and goal when you're down seven, you're close. I know it's only the third quarter. But you know what? It, may, it was probably the fourth quarter by that point. I'm sorry. But... You know what? Our defense was playing well in that second half. I, I, I like the thought of letting our front seven tee off on them. And then how about this from Williams? A huge play on second down. So he's matched up with Whittington. T- 
Texas's best receiver left in the game because Worthy left at halftime. He's matched up with them, and he doesn't turn around for the ball. But what he does is he stares the receiver down, going down the sidelines, sees when he's going to make the catch, moves his hands closer, is just looking at his hands. As soon as the ball hits his hands, he slaps it out. I mean, if you're not going to turn around, that is the perfect, perfect way to play defense. That's a game-winning play. Because you know what? You give up that. Momentum's completely on Texas's side. All of a sudden, they're driving. They started at the two. They were at the one on the next play. They started at the two. It looked like Tech was going to get the ball back. The Miles Price comes through with a huge, huge return. Gets us to about the 30. So, you know what? We got a crack from it at the 40. Our, uh, def- our front seven bowed up. And Williams made just a great play by a cornerback. I know there was some question about pass interference. Looked at it again. Yeah, that's not P.I. Move on to the next one. And then the game-tying drive. Donovan Smith jukes out a Texas defender. Pocket collapsing. Scrambles up the middle. I'll tell you what. I was critical about him the last two weeks. I said his performance wasn't cutting the mustard. I think that was fair criticism through the first couple weeks. I don't think the offensive line helped. The offensive line was better today. I'll tell you what, (laughs) Donovan Smith was just spectacular. Threw the ball over 50 times. No interceptions, just a clean game. Made plays throughout. Juked the Texas D on that fourth and five. Then next play, right to cup for a touchdown. Ties it up, 31 all. And now we get to about six, seven minutes to go. And there's some questions. There are some questions. So there was a questionable call on a third down that in the stadium, I was kind of on the backside of it. I was in the fourth quarter where Texas was going to. It looked like a soft PI. It looks like he may have ended up hooking him. I think that's a 50-50 call at most. It it wasn't powerful what he did to him. It, his arm was definitely on his waist. I don't think he was getting to the ball either way. Anyway, pass interference throw on. Tell you what, our defense stops them again. And I've seen some tech, Texas pages that I'll uh, tee off on a bit later today that have been complaining that on third down they had the reception. You know what? I'm sorry that wasn't reviewed. You still have one challenge in college football. Sark should have used that challenge. Y'all punt it on fourth down. And then on fourth and three, game on the line next drive. Under five to go. It's about two minutes to go, actually, then. If you don't convert, they're 15, they're 15 yards away from kicking the game-winning field goal on you. Play breaks down. Donovan Smith scrambling backwards, throws it to Miles Price. I believe he had 14 or 15 receptions today. He was spectacular. He was just spectacular. Uh, second down, the next set of downs, defensive holding. We set Trey Wolf up in the middle. And how about this guy? I'll tell you what. He was a really good kicker in 2019. Got the yips in 2020. Got benched for Jonathan Garibay. Uh, sat on the bench in 2021. Comes in, alternating the job, bowing it for his position. Hits that big field goal against Houston. And then 46-yarder with 21 seconds left. We think it's over. And no. Now, first play of that next one. I like this. I will say we did bring four guys every play on that next drive. 
so it's not like we went complete prevent, but our secondary was playing off, and we forced Milton to make a great catch for 28 yards on the sidelines. I, you know what? He's not even one of their top three or four receivers. He's five or six for them. I know we were in prevent. I wish we would have stayed aggressive, but you forced Texas's fifth or best, sixth best receiver to make a play like that to beat you. You know, that just, he made the play. He made the play. You got to tip your cap to him. I wish we would have been more aggressive defensively. Anyways, Auburn, again, 48-yarder. Nothing but respect for Texas's kicking game. I mean, they always have great kickers. That was impressive. And you could kind of feel the tide start to turning. Turn, or completely turn. Let's be honest. It completely turned to Texas at that point. Then we win the coin toss. Merriweather, I was sitting on the end where they're going in that first overtime. Saw the ball pop out. I'll tell you what, Bijan played a heck of the game. He is a great player. He never fumbles. Merriweather comes in, makes contact at the complete perfect spot, knocks that ball out. Pearson jumps on it. It took him like three stabs at the ball to get that in under him, but he gets it. Um, I I may have celebrated on his first stab and turned around to people behind me. So I almost pulled Alan Bowman and celebrated too early, but he ends up getting it. Uh, Sir Roderick Thompson, again, this guy just runs against Texas like nobody else. And I will say the next criticism, the only second criticism I have, and this this may be personal because I, I like kicking it on third down when you're safely in field goal range. We're in the middle of the field on third ground, get third down. Sorry. Uh, I wish we would have just kicked that ball on third down. Don't put it on the left hash. You're taking your chances from 99% to like 95% of making it. Trey Wolf, that's an extra point for him. Um, anyway, the play call almost worked out. Donovan Smith did look like he had a lane into the end zone, just slipped on the turf there. But Trey Wolf nails it anyway. It was a slightly high snap which is why I'm an advocate for kicking it on third down in that position so your holder can fall on it. Okay, do it again. We're fine. But anyways, Trey Wolf hits the winner. It's over. We send Texas Pack into the SEC. You know what? I'm going to be honest. I'm fine if we go if they go to the SEC right now. I'm fine with how this ended. Um, I'll, I'll take that win and rub it in their faces any day of the week because all day – I'll tell you what, it just seemed like our players out-toughed their players. Our players were tougher. They were more physical. They were grittier. Donovan Smith was making plays left and right. Our coaches made the adjustments. Our coaches had the stones to go for it on eighth, fourth down, eight fourth downs. Their coaches didn't have the stones to even challenge whether that was a catch on the sideline on that third down late. You know what? Texas Tech deserved that game. And it's not that Texas was soft. It was that Texas Tech just came out and just fought like like insane people for 60 minutes. Like I you can tell this Texas Tech team is different. You you can just tell it in their mentality, how they play. 
you know, Miles Price was mad on the sidelines. I don't like any player being mad on the sidelines too much, but if I'm ever going to like it, it's because a player takes a big shot over the middle and is mad that he can't go back in for the next play. <laughs> you know, so Texas Tech deserves this win. They fought them. They won this game. They deserve to win this game. This was a complete team effort, complete coaching staff effort. The guys that we were critical of or I was critical of, a lot of people were critical of last week or the last two weeks, they stepped up. Our offensive line has gone better. And I'll tell you what, our secondary was probably our worst position group in week one. They have turned into one of our best position groups. And the offensive line has improved wildly from week two to three to four. And Donovan Smith, you know what? I was critical of his decision-making the last couple weeks. Yeah, you can you can criticize his decision-making. I'll tell you what, one thing I'll never do is criticize his effort. He was going in for it second, third, fourth efforts on Texas's defensive line. Guys, more highly rated than him, bigger than him, and just toughing it out. And that was indicative of the whole team. How many times did you see players get hit over the middle and just pop back up? I mean, it was incredible. They were holding on to every ball, taking every hit, taking a hit, fighting for the extra yard. It was just relentless, this game. that We won the battle in the trenches against a team who fought pretty well in the trenches against Alabama. I mean, the effort from this team, you can tell this team is just different. Anyways, there's been some moaning out of Austin about fan behavior. And now I will say, the actions of one fan was incredibly disgusting should never be done and it was really really bad i he should be punished i don't disagree with that statement at all now some people in ut circles have used this as an opportunity to castigate a whole fan base i'm talking about sb nations burnt orange nation and i did some digging gonna get into this so they wrote an article entitled Video of Texas Tech fan pushing Texas player illustrates the risk to, of continuing to schedule the Red Raiders. Just going to the second paragraph, here it is. Quote, before the game, as Texas Tech fans chanted F-U-T towards players and flipped them off, that type of behavior was to easy to dismiss as nothing more than commonplace for a fan base that throws batteries and tortillas on the field. Okay, three things with this. The F-U-T chants, yeah, um... I'm sorry, how long ago was it, two weeks ago, that Texas students were chanting cousin effers at Alabama fans? One seems more personal than the other. Calling somebody a cousin effer, uh, that seems probably a bit more personal than F-U-T. Sorry. Uh, Throwing tortillas on the field? Yeah, no, that's our tradition. Suck it up, buttercup. Oh, well. Sorry you don't respect your traditions and you like to complain about stuff, but that's our tradition. If you don't like it, go have brunch and mimosas on Saturday mornings instead of watching us play. Um, Throwing batteries. That is false. That is false. The accusations came from from OU players that said they had to wear their helmets on the sidelines all game because fans were throwing batteries at them. Now, not only was it not proven that Texas Tech fans were throwing batteries, there is also video and photo evidence that those players constantly had their helmets off on the sidelines throughout the game. That's interesting. That's interesting, isn't it? And now it doesn't stop there. Their Twitter account. 
um, tweeted, quote, if you think that Texas fans and Texas Tech fans are equivalent in how they act, you're a bleeping moron. I'll get to that soon. Uh, but this is from their official Twitter with 41.5 thousand followers. They're a big cover of UT Sports. And then they took a pot shot at Texas Tech saying we can't sell out a stadium. They're not even in our top three attendances. Sorry. Um, but that, so one fan replied, well, have fun in the SEC. Won't miss these pious tweets. And he commented, quote, and y'all can go F yourselves. Hmm. Real class. Also, I had a recent article on why maybe it's best that we don't play Texas anymore on Heartland College Sports. SB Nation uh, had a similar take, uh, the Texas Tech one. And Burn Orange Nation quote tweeted them and said, quote, happy to leave you bleep babies behind, end quote. Um, real classy from those guys that want to lecture us on class there. Uh, but if you thought it was Texas Tech fans or pages that were it was limited to, no. They also took a shot at, a, at the time student athlete. Quote, Jace Young somehow combines the energy of every D-bag Texas Tech fan into one super D-bag of a person. His punishment is being dumb enough to willingly live in Lubbock. End quote. You're taking a shot. This is a page that has taken shots at a Texas Tech student athlete that through three years on and off the field had no disciplinary issues. Who older brother through three years at Tech had no disciplinary issues on and off the field and has been respectful with every media outlet. Sorry he was excited and flipped the horns down when he hit a home run on you. Get a better pitcher. Um, anyways, this guy likes to lecture us on class. And not only that, he says you have to be dumb to live in Lubbock. Really, 300,000 people are dumb. Really, the coach that just outsmarted your coach all day on that field is dumb. And I'm sorry, but if you want to – and look, this guy's personal account, he has a cowboy hat on his, his profile picture. He likes to embrace that Western, West Texas culture, but then takes pot shots at us every chance he gets. No. That's it. that no that ain't gonna fly. I'm sorry that one fan shoved a player in the back. Credit to that UT player for not reacting to it. Seriously, should have never happened. Fans should be punished. I am not sorry that we create a hostile environment. I am not sorry when you talk bad about a place where 300,000 people call home, an entire region of the state that you're happy to make, take those puff funds from that we don't get. That when you start taking pot shots at us, that we defend it. No. And I'm sorry that after doing that, when you come into Lubbock, we don't bow down, kiss your feet, and thank you for allowing us to play on your field. Nope. Take your L. Take your sorry team. Go back to Austin. I'll tell you what. It ain't just limited burn orange nation. And this isn't indicative of all Texas fans at all. I don't think it's indicative of most Texas fans. But I I just want to point out five instances in the last six years. That Texas fans have acted up. 2016. At Cal, they threw bottles on the field after the game. Wasn't just one or two. It was 40 plus bottles on that field. 2017 against Maryland. Play had to be stopped for throwing objects. 2017. Texas Tech beats UT. uh, About two rows in front of a UT fan. Not shoving the camera in their face. They're taking a video of the stadium after the game's over. She's complaining, you're in the way. And she slaps the phone out of his hand. For videoing the stadium. 2019, there was debris thrown at LSU players on the sideline. 2021, there were chanting cousin effers at Alabama players. And you know what? Add another one. 
February. I'm sorry, that uh, Alabama thing was 2022. February of 2022, uh, Austin American Statesman, who a lot of their journalists are doing that woe is me stuff right now. Uh, Austin American Statesman, the tweet is still up, said that a bus should run over Texas Tech students. No, sorry, you don't get to lecture us on class. You don't get to talk bad about our city and then expect us to respect you and say, oh yeah, you're better for us, better than us because you pay $10 for the same beer that we pay $4 for. Sorry, no. All right, moving on. Um, basketball. Uh, if you're listening, the day this was released, our first practice was yesterday of the fall semester. Couple news: Amac um, injured his foot. It's a broken foot. Initial reports were that he would be out several months. May not be the case. It may. It seems like the timeline's more two to three months. There is some concerns with big men and foot injuries. You hope not just for Texas Tech, but for him as a player that he's able to get back to where he was um you i mean that that sucks to see ethan duncan he's a guard from texas tech earlier uh on monday he announced that he'd be entering the transfer portal that makes a lot of sense for him um it really does he was never gonna just with his size he wasn't gonna fit in in a system where you have to switch one through five I, he's just not built for that. I think that he can find a better fit. And credit to him for coming, giving it a shot. He's from Lubbock, uh, played high school ball in Lubbock. Uh, his his dad is the coach at Lubbock Christian, so maybe we see a Parker Hicks and he goes over there. Um, but, you know, well, best of luck to wherever he goes. Now, on to Kansas State this week. I said that I think I know why they scheduled the game for 11 a.m. First off, ESPN's a joke for putting this game on at on ESPN+. Plus. We just beat Texas. They just beat OU. This game should be on national TV. It's not, unfortunately. Two 1-0 teams bowing it out on a streaming service. That stinks. That stinks. But anyways, Kansas State gets to pick when they play this game since it's on ESPN+. Plus. They picked 11 a.m. You may say, oh, that's weird. I'd pick 6 p.m., 2 p.m p.m. 3 p.m. something like that here's why they picked 11 a.m. excluding the covid year where there weren't a there weren't many fans in the stadium they are eight and one under climbing at 11 a.m. games tech now tech matters a lot less because different coaching staff this was under wells they're two and six in the same time slot k-state is four and oh under climbing excluding covid when playing a game at home at 11 a.m. And they're 1-0 at a neutral site. So I think that's why they did that. I think this game, look, it's going to come down to which quarterback shows up. I I hate to make it sound as simple as that, but we know Adrian Martinez, he's getting Heisman odds now. Uh, I have some questions because he has some... <laughs> He has some questionable performances when he was receiving Heisman odds last, but we saw how he looked the first three games, especially Tulane. He didn't look great against Missouri, uh, but then he was a Heisman candidate against Oklahoma. And Which one of those shows up? And for Donovan Smith, is it the Donovan Smith that keeps it clean against texas or is it the donovan smith that struggled against nc state and for a while against houston um i have confidence in our team the line set at i believe seven and a half right now i'm not sure if i'd take us to cover but i'd sprinkle something on the money line because i don't think this is a toss-up game 
I think this is a 65% chance K-State wins, maybe 60% chance, but it's a very winnable game for Texas Tech. If Adrian Martinez doesn't show up and Donovan Smith does, or even if Donovan Smith doesn't, and we're able to gash them in the running game, and I know they have Deuce Vaughn, who we've just played Bijan. I think our offense or our defense will be more prepared for him. I still think our front seven could contain Deuce Vaughn. I mean, you're not shutting down Deuce Vaughn, but I think our defense can contain him at least. So I think this is going to be a really interesting game. It's at 10 my time, 11 central time. Uh, I'll be up early getting ready for that one. May may have a morning beer or two before it starts and then go from there. But if we win this game, we are talking about our game against Oklahoma State and Stillwater being big time. Can we get to Arlington if we win this game? I'll tell you what. These next two games, if we get a split, we are competing to stay in the race through November. Through mid to late November, we can be in the race to make it to the Big 12 title game. If we win this game, we're looking at next week, holy cow, we are talking about major Big 12 title implications. And we're 1-0 in Big 12 play. I think it's early, but I really do believe this team's built different. And, man, I can't wait to watch them. It, it's weird. Normally, a game like this, I'm like, in basketball, we get a great win. That great win against Kansas is like, ah, we play Baylor on either Monday or Tuesday. I kind of want to celebrate this one. No, this one, I'm, I, I'm counting down the seconds until we kick off on Saturday because I want to see this team play again. And I just want to see this team keep playing because it's really beautiful to watch. It's something we haven't had um, as Texas Tech fans in a good while. So I, I can't wait for it. But, uh, yeah, this is going to do it for this edition of the Texas Tech edition of the Heartland College Sports Podcast Network. I'll be back here on Tuesday. Um, if you have any questions for me or any criticisms, if my sound's weird, my Twitter's at JacksonBig12. Um, and you know what? Uh, feel free to send me messages. But I, I just can't wait for this week. And, and uh, keep being great Texas Tech fans. I'll see you all later.